Hey, Shipper City. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into the episode, do me a favor and consider tapping that support this podcast link in your favorite podcast player. Every little bit helps us stay on the air and keeps us creating the content that you love. Be sure to follow along on social. We are on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at iShipItPod. You can head over to the website, iShipItPod.com, to sign up for email updates when new episodes are released. And you can send us emails at iShipItPod at gmail.com. And remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to and tell your friends that you ship it. So take a second, do all of that while you enjoy a word from our sponsors. Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't care. I ship it. I don't care. I ship it. Hey there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. Hey guys, how we doing? I uh, hope you're having a good week so far. If you are like me um, and were completely and totally taken aback by Taylor Swift announcing that she was giving us a brand new, huge, full, wonderful album on Friday, um, totally out of the blue, completely took everybody by surprise. You're not alone. I was not prepared. Um, I didn't realize that you know Taylor was getting ready to tell me about the this current phase of my life that I'm in. A friend of mine was like, Taylor's going to tell us what's what our or Taylor's going to be telling me, you know, she was waiting for the album to drop at midnight. She's like, Taylor's going to be telling me what phase of my life I'm in uh in the next, you know, 45 minutes and I'm not ready for that yet. I don't think that's what Taylor does, okay? She's like a she's like an oracle or a a mage or something who she doesn't tell us what stage of life we're in. She explains life to us in ways that we hadn't thought about. Okay. So like I've been listening to Betty nonstop because I really feel like if there's anything that anybody in the entire world has ever wanted, it's for someone who's broken your heart to show up and just say the worst thing that I ever did was what I did to you. And like Tay, I mean, every song, banger after banger, the whole folk folklore album is divine. But like, you really did just come out swinging with Betty. I can't stop listening to it. I listened to it just that on my walk to work today, which is about 30 minutes. The song is not 30 minutes long. It's about three and a half. So think about that. It's the whole, the whole thing is wonderful. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's all over the place. So please do yourself a favor and, and and get some of that. Also, if you need to cry, which like I definitely do, so I'm probably going to listen to it after this, um, you can put on Exile. Uh, that is a good one to weep openly. Um, just like if you're grocery shopping or something, that's a good time to do it. And I recommend it. Um, so thank you, Taylor, for, uh, for un, you know, without warning, reaching into my heart and explaining the mess that you found there. As you've done with every album since, you know, I was 19 and you were 17 and we've grown up together. And, and how lucky am I to be on Earth at the same time as Tay releasing these gems? I mean, just 
damn, was not prepared. Well, still, I'm not prepared. I'm not even over really over lover yet. But like, that's fine. I can I can cope with two at once. It's I'm strong. I can do it. Anyway, that was really the big headline of my life this past weekend uh, was was Swizz coming through like that. Um, so yeah, so please listen to it. It's, uh, like we've all got an angsty fic in the back of our minds, right? That we, we want to write, but we don't really have like the right haunting forest witch vibes to go along with it. You'll find those on folklore. I promise. I anticipate a lot of new angsty fic coming out, um, specifically with these new Taylor lyrics all in lowercase letters as the title because that's how you know it's good shit right that's my prediction call me on it or don't I don't really care I think we all know it's going to happen all right so let's jump right in shall we last week I talked about a uh uh it's not a trope I found the specific definition on tvtropes.com but it's not a trope it's a a device, I guess, uh, what we could, yeah, I want to say, I guess it's a device, um, to describe something that happens in fandom, um, two ways to interpret it. Last week we talked about death of the author, right? And how Neil Gaiman is a perfect example of death of the author, where he says vehemently all the time, his intentions no longer matter. If something is published and out in the world, uh, anytime somebody comes with him at to him with a headcanon and asks if he can confirm or deny, he just says, that's your headcanon. And so absolutely, yes, that's what I meant. If that's what it, mu- it meant to you, then that's what I meant. Because what I meant now no longer matters. That's what death of the author is. Uh, but the other side of that is something called word of God. Um, I don't like that phrase because it gives content creators way, way too much power. And, and content creators artists i mean not artists i don't want to say artists have you know too big of egos anyway but like you guys know who i'm talking about like the 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 big time we're talking about like the marvel people the disney people the jk rowlings we don't need to call them gods do we no we don't the device though is called word of god Defined by tvtropes.com as a statement regarding some ambiguous or undefined aspect of a work The word of God comes from someone considered to be the ultimate authority, such as the creator, director, or producer. Such edicts can even go against events as were broadcast due to someone making a mistake. Before I get into my thoughts and feelings about this, well, these are mostly my thoughts and feelings, but let me preface anything I'm about to say with word of God is not canon. Okay. These are different things. There's some shit going on in fandom where people take what they heard what is documented you know by the creators they take that word of god and they try to force it on other people as canon and it's not they're different things all right so if you believe in death of the author then you don't give a fuck about word of god and that must be so nice i try very hard to cling to death of the author but I do let word of God color my experience of canon. And it's not, okay? So it can 
enhance your Canon experience. Absolutely, it can. It, it can be some delightful little tidbit that you hadn't realized that they had wanted to include. Or, you know, it can clarify something and make things so much better, right? So much better. Um, it can also take a giant steaming shit over your own experience. Now, if you need, you know... <laughs> An example of how Word of God can straight up fucking ruin canon for you. Please, trust me, don't follow my example. But if you need an example, please look at everything that I've said about Endgame since it came out. And every time those creators have offered Word of God about what has happened, it has made it worse. Okay, this is an example. All right. Had I just, like some people out there, this must be so nice, watched the movie, period, the end, had my own thoughts, had my own feelings, and then didn't worry about it anymore. Who would I be? I don't know. Somebody who sleeps better at night probably and isn't so dependent on carbs and sugar. But here we are. Um, so... If I had just done that, then I would have been able to make up my own decision as to what actually the fuck happened with that whole time travel thing, what happened with Steve's ending, who cares, blah, 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 there, there. But I didn't do that. And I went looking and I heard the word of God from the content creators, from the horsemen of the apocalypse. And they said things that fucking ruined that ending for me. And they contradicted themselves, right? Because as we talked about, it's not a strong story. They didn't figure this shit out. They didn't even agree with each other when they shot the goddamn thing. So like anything that they say, I should be able to discard, but I couldn't, okay? Because I made that terrible error and I let word of God from them color my canon experience and it fucked it up, all right? Don't be like me, okay? You don't have to accept what you hear at a Comic-Con or read in an article, or hear even in a director's commentary, or whatever. You don't have to accept that as canon, because guess what? It didn't actually make it into the final canon, right? It didn't. It's not there. They had to add it in later with their words, because it didn't end up in the story. So you don't have to accept that. You can reject it. That's not death of the author. That's rejecting the word of God. There are different, they are different things. All right. They're not two sides of the same coin. They're not total opposites, but they are phrases that get thrown around a lot. And I wanted to take a second to explain what they mean and what they are and what they're all about. In case you've been hearing them, and you're like, I don't fucking get this. I, what? Hopefully this explained it a little bit for you. I am including the link so that you can read more about the word of God from tvtropes.com, which is actually a really great resource for a lot of fandom things. A lot of things that we talk about on the show um, come from there or are better described there and they're not my random ramblings and things like that. Um, so yeah, so that is that is the other half of what we talked about last week. I just wanted to finish that so um, so that you can have two perspectives of how to enjoy your canon. That's really what they are. They're just two different perspectives on enjoying canon and different ways to interpret what is available as part of canon and what that really means. Okay? That's what that means. All right. So now uh, I'm going to talk about a specific, very tiny, niche, small fandom this week regarding a show. Um, I actually think it went, goes along really well with Word of God 
that being the description because for reasons I'll explain in a second. Now, our silent sexy producer, um, Jer, has introduced me to a lot of great weird sci-fi over the last 10 and a half, 10 and three quarters years that we've spent together. And almost 11. It'll be 11 in September. <laughs> yeah, it'll be 11 in September. So it's almost. Um, but in that time, we have watched a lot of sci-fi. He has introduced me to a lot of great directors that I never really would have given a chance to. Um, he has shown me a lot of wonderful TV shows. And just a lot of really great art has been on a recommendation from him. And before I get into what we're talking about, I will say that a lot of this introduction um, has been because it's not forced. It's, this is a thing I like. I think maybe you'll like it too. If you don't, that's okay. Not what I was spending all my time with prior, uh, which was, you know, if you don't like this, I'm never going to speak to you again. You don't have any taste. Blah, blah, blah. Just sit there and shut up and let me watch it. Um, that's, that's the voice of every ex-boyfriend I've ever had. That's they're all together. That's what they all sound like in my head. Um, and, and that having that kind of attitude can really kill your enjoyment of anything because it's like, then you're being tested. Like if you don't like this, there's something wrong with you. That's never really been the case in our house. Um, if I don't like something, it's not the end of the world. It's just like, okay, no big deal. There's been very little that he has uh, introduced me to as far as sci-fi goes that I've disliked actually because um, he knows me and he knows what kind of taste I have. So it's been very nice. One of these things early on though in our relationship uh, that he introduced me to was a show on HBO called Carnival. Uh, Carnival is two seasons long, HBO original. So if you have HBO, what is it now? HBO Max? It's not HBO Go anymore. HBO Max, I think, is the new thing. Anyway, if you have HBO, um, you can watch this in its entirety. It's 24 episodes. It's about a traveling carnival in the height of the Dust Bowl, so mid-1930s. Um, and it's there's supernatural elements there's an overarching battle between good and evil. Um, and then in between all of that, there's such wonderful characters. And like, it's gritty. There's a lot of ugliness in that show because it really does focus, not focus, but it does um, accurately portray the sort of desperation that people were experiencing um, in the mid 30s. And it feels pretty relevant now still. Um, this was this was aired in 2000, from 2003 to 2005 is when this was on, okay? And if you watch it, it's so well made, you would think it was made yesterday. I mean, there's, there's nothing about it that ages it as far as I'm concerned. It has this really beautiful score. It's kind of bluegrassy. Um, everybody, it's almost entirely a cast of character actors. So everybody isn't, there's no one that's, you know, that, that classic beauty, classic uh, ingenue, you know, Hollywood handsome kind of, kind of role. Um, I guess the closest is probably Tim Decay, but I mean, he's a good looking guy, but he's not like swoon worthy. Although I do swoon over Jonesy. That's his character's name. Um, just really complex characters. Um, even the ones that don't have a lot of, 
of their story fleshed out. It just adds, it's this beautiful tapestry of like weird and supernatural and harsh and lovely and sad and funny and just, oh my God, guys. And it's only, it's only 24 episodes. You could, if you wanted to, they're each an hour long. If you wanted to go without sleep, I mean, you could just watch, you could spend an entire day and night watching the show and be totally caught up. Um, it ended after two seasons. And some people say, you know, it ended too abruptly. And I don't agree. Um, it was supposed to have, I believe it was supposed to have a five season arc. Um, and they got cut short after two. I feel like they were given enough time that the ending that they chose, the ending, the way they went, um, it is a good ending for, you know, this kind of ambiguous, weird traveling carnival. Um, clearly the story is not finished, but a big part of it is. And um, and it's really, it's a, I think it's a powerful ending. And it's, like I said, it's a weird one. And it's an, it's a, like I said, it, de- it definitely doesn't feel like, yep, that's the end of the show and nothing else happens after that. You know more happens after that. But if you never get it, it still feels okay. Now, the reason I talk about this with Word of God, that description being at the top of this episode, is that because there was only two seasons and there should have been five, the showrunner David or Daniel Knopf has given interviews where he does discuss kind of the broad strokes of how the full series was supposed to play out and what he had wanted to happen and what was supposed to happen without giving too much away. Um, so I, I don't want to explain all the things that he said, but he did give an example. He, he talked about the third season and what was supposed to happen for the third season and how I think this is actually really cool, how because of how they had always wanted to do it, there is still a way that with 90% of the same actors, they could just pick right up. Even, you know, almost 20 years later, they could just pick right back up and keep going with that storyline. And um, Jay actually made a really good point a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about this, that uh, because you're working with all these character actors, pretty much if you go on IMDb, I want to say 90% of these people still look relatively the same. That's just, that's just, they got lucky. Um, the cast would not look that, that much different. And given that they had wanted to do a time jump anyway, uh, it would still work really, really well. Now, I say this because I just said, you know, you don't have to listen to Word of God. It's not canon, blah, blah, blah. But given that this, what I know and what's out there and what I want you to go find out for yourself, because I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to ruin it. It is a really cool kind of end point that they're working towards. And once you know that, if you if you look at that first and then you go watch it or you watch it and then you go back and you watch it again. I've watched this series a billion times and I love it and I find something new to laugh about every single time. And I find something that makes me cry every single time that didn't before. Um, there's There's so many hints. It was built so well leading to that point. Um, that it, it really does feel like a, like a heartbreak and like a shame that they didn't get that opportunity to tell that full story. But because that exists, um, and it would have been canon, should have been canon, um, had they been able to continue, then 
you know, that word of God, I feel is acceptable as canon. So this is just proving my point that there's no right way to interpret the word of God. Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong with taking what you need from it to enhance your canon experience, which is what I had to do with Carnival when I was so into it and I was so wrapped up and we finished the second season and I was like, what's next? Where's, where's the rest of it? And Jared's like, that's it. That's all there is. Um, so yeah, so, so take what you will. It's out there. The rest of the story in broad strokes, there's not specifics, but in broad strokes, the rest of the story is out there and it's a beautiful one and what's available is beautiful. And if all you do is watch those, those 24 episodes, you're going to have a great time. And if you, I mean, if you appreciate, you know, art and acting and filmmaking and all the things that go into making something like that, I think you'll have a great time. So enjoy that. All right. Now, when I went looking for fix for this week, I was curious because it's not a huge fandom. Most people I know have never heard of this show. I had never heard of it until I started dating Jer. So I wasn't sure what kind of fic was going to be out there. And I was kind of surprised because actually I'm currently writing a Carnival AU and my fic was at the top of the uh, the results on AO3 when I went looking into the fandom. So I was like, Ooh, okay, well, we can't recommend that one. Um, but there were surprisingly a lot more than I expected. Um, there were a lot of uh, Carnival Fusion Fix or Carnival AUs. Um, so whoever is out there watching it is also into other fandoms. <laughs> and they're also taking those elements and they're playing with their own fandoms and applying them that way and playing with their own characters in that sort of, you know, sandbox, dust box, whatever, whatever you want to call it for, for a dust bowl centered fic. Um, but I did find a couple that were, you know, actually Carnival related. The best one, I think, anyway, um, I read a bunch while I was looking for these, um, but the best one that I found was a, now there are two characters, Libby and Sophie, and they have a very short interaction together. They have a short story, short time together, um, but I really shipped them. I really wanted those two wacky gals to make it work, and I don't, I mean, it's, to say no that's not what happens barely scrapes the surface um it's there's a lot of complicated stuff that goes on but i really wanted libby and sophie to be together and so i found this fic and i was very excited about it because it it's one of my favorite kind of parts of the first season um is is their interactions and their friendship but it's called something borrowed by voodoo child um, and it's just a little drabble. It's around 600 words. And it's really a very lovely what might have been, what could have been um, between the two of them. And really just kind of encompassed a little bit extra of the the character study for one of the characters, Libby. It's told by her point of view. Um, it's it's It was just a nice little deep dive into her character. She's not one that I, she's not one of my favorites. Um, but she, she's clearly one that a lot of the writers on AO3 decided to dive a little bit deeper into. There's a lot of Libby fic out there. So if you watch it and you take a shine to her, you got some fic coming to you. So have fun with that. Um, but yeah, it was really good. It was actually, I mean, it kind of stood out as like, 
just really great character deep dive, really great kind of encapsulation of all that richness, all that ugliness, all that grit that happens in the show. Um, I just thought it was really great. It was really, I just thought it was a really great carnival thing, okay? Um, so yeah, Something Borrowed by Voodoo Child. It's a T rating and it's very short. So keep that in mind. Quick little ditty. Now, as I said, there were two, or there were not more, there were, there were way more than two, but I found two fusion fix that I wanted to share with you because I thought it was really interesting that this was something that was being fused um, so often. So one of them I had read before uh, back when I was reading all my Hunger Games fic. This is called She's Not There. It's by Lovely E.E. Um, Hunger Games crossover slash fusion. Katniss and Peta, obviously. I'm not going to read well, I'm certainly not going to read anything that isn't, you know, Katniss and Peeta. And I'm definitely not going to recommend anything. So come on, guys. Obviously, it's Katniss and Peeta. And um, it's it's a one shot, about 5,000 words, I want to say, uh, really does grab hold of both the Hunger Games universe and the Carnival universe. Um it really does capture the essence of both and the richness of both of those characters, like those sets of characters and blends them together really, really well. Um, there's no direct, you know, PETA is Jones and, you know, Katniss is so-and-so. There's none of that. Um, but all those elements are still there and it's a really nice example of what a fusion fic really looks like. So it's called... She's Not There by Lovely with three, yeah, three E's on the end of that. And there will be a link to the others as well. But um, check it out. And then the last one is called Dust to Dust by Ink Voices. Now, this is an Avengers crossover fusion um, with Nat, with Natasha and Clint. Um, it's told from Natasha's point of view. She is a dancer in the Cooch Tent. Um, she's, a, she's a stripper. And uh, Clint basically fills the role of the main character in the series is named Ben. Uh, Clint is Ben in this situation. And um, this one goes a lot more along the lines of, you know, he's a character from in Carnival. So it's like taking that and it's just kind of plugging into Avengers characters into that story as opposed to... Um, as opposed to blending them more, like what happened in the others. But this one, it's a it's a great example of a different kind of fusion. So I think if you read these two, you'll see two different perspectives on how you fuse fandoms and how you do a crossover or an AU. Because um, this one has all that great, gritty realism. It's got the whole, it really does capture that whole mood that Carnival sets. Um and it, and it just kind of applies a cover, a layer of Nat and Clint to that world, um, which is, it's really seamless the way they do it. It works very, very well. And it's a lovely, lovely little fic. So I hope that you like those. I think that you will. And I think if you try the show, I've yet to meet anybody who tried it and didn't like it. Say that. I have people who are resistant to watching it because they don't think they'll like it. And that's fine. But if you do give it a try, give it until, give it six episodes. Because it may not grab you right at first, but it will if you give it a chance, I promise. So give it six episodes and then, then you can 
tell me what you think. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, before I go, um, I do have something I do want to talk to you guys about, um, which is that I'm going to take a little break. Uh, I am really tired in uh, my body and in my mind and my heart. And I know that this year has taken a lot um, from everybody, not just me, certainly not just me. Um, and I know that for those of you who do listen every week, you do it to be to get a distraction from what's going on and to take a breather from this sort of hellscape we all find ourselves in. Um, but so and I so I don't take this break that I'm taking. I don't take it lightly. Um, I, I don't really necessarily you know, I don't want to feel like this, certainly. And I don't want to have to step away from so many things that bring me so much joy. But um, I, I've i really struggled lately with finding a, an audience for the podcast and, and stressed about how to increase engagement and connect with you guys. And I just really feel like I'm drowning right now and like I'm screaming into the void. Um, and there's only so many weeks and months of feeling like that before I start to wonder if you know, I really am just screaming into a void. And if that's the case, that's fine. <laughs> that's There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I don't know that it's necessarily the most productive thing I can do right now uh, with how everything is happening, with everything that's happening and with every way that I'm feeling. Um, I, just, I just need to step back for a second. Um, I told a friend of mine who was you know, kind of contemplating quitting writing fic, fic forever and quitting fandom, I said, you know, take 30 days off, do a whole detox and see if you even miss it. Because you may not. And, uh, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So I'm actually going to take my own advice. And um, I'm feeling really lost. I'm feeling really depleted. And I don't know how I'm supposed to keep doing that, doing this, producing this kind of content um, for you guys, which is why you come here, um, if I'm feeling like this. So so obviously this is not, this is not goodbye. This would never be my last episode. Um, and I'm not pulling the plug or quitting. Everything is going to, you know, keep running as usual. I'm just, we're taking the month of August off. Um, so you'll be back in September. Um, in the meantime, we're going to, you know, try and breathe. I hear people do that. Um, reset focus, figure out, and and just kind of figure out where, to go with this podcast and where Shipper City is headed and what we can look like after two years together, uh, which is a long time to be doing a weekly podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this is nothing, you know, grim. I know I sound like, you know, the captain of the Titanic going down with the ship. That's just how I'm feeling right now. Everything is is dark and gray. So I'm going to get back to a place where it's not so dark and gray and I don't feel so lost and so depleted. Um, and in the meantime, we love you and we will miss you. And we would love nothing more than to hear from you while we're off. So send us emails or comments or message us on all of our social channels. Tell me, you know, when we come back, what topics you want us to cover. Or if you if you want to be a guest, if you want to volunteer for that, if you want somebody that you know to be a guest or, you know, you think there's some segment that I could be doing more with or, or something you love that we did that I never did again, <laughs> and you think I could do more of anything, even if it's just fanfic recommendations. Um, somebody sent me 
a recommendation this afternoon that made me want to build an entire episode around it. So you never know what's going to spark that interest, right? So while we take this time off, um, please don't stop talking to us. Or, you know, if you if you've questioned whether or not you should talk to us, please do. I would love to hear from you. I would love that so much. Um, and to know, it's nice, you know, it's nice to know somebody's thinking about you even when they can't hear from you every week. So I would love to hear from you guys. Um, in the meantime, please be safe. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Um, have a wonderful month of August. Enjoy the rest of your summer vacation. And we will be back in September. And I promise. <laughs> um, Hopefully things will be a little bit brighter by then and we can all continue in this little journey together. That's what I hope. So I love you. I kiss you. I will miss you. Um, and until we meet again, above all else, get your ship together. <laughs>